Welcome to the Fit Pro Business Podcast, where you'll receive sales, marketing, and business building tips from industry leaders that will help you take your business to the next level. Head over to fitprobusiness.com to receive your free three-part video series on how to attract more qualified leads, schedule more consultations, and close more sales. Now, here's your host, the -the in-the-trenches fitness business owner, Andy Salazar. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for today's interview with Pat Rigsby. I am so excited to bring you today's episode. It is jam-packed with useful business building tips and advice from one of the industry's finest. Sit back and enjoy. I'm here with Pat Rigsby, father, husband, entrepreneur, and coach who has been a huge mentor to me in my business. Um, Actually, a funny story. We go all the way back to the year 2000 when he was a coach at Shawnee State, and I was a player at the Masters College. I actually have a little bit of bragging rights over Pat because um, we beat them, and I think I had a pretty good game against you guys. Do you recall? <laughs> I think you had a very good game against us. Well, like a home run and two other hits or something like that. So uh, knocked us out. Uh, we won our first two games in the series, and we were rocking and rolling. Lost the third game 9-8 to eight on a heartbreaker, and then you guys – bumped us to uh, end our run, and you were uh, essentially the star of the game. So uh, the fact that I'm even on this call is astounding because I'm, I'm probably still bitter and, and, and heartbroken all the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty exciting time for me in my life as well. Um, little did I know that we would connect uh, later on in life. I believe about the year 2000, I was trying to figure it out, about 2006 may have been my first connection with you as far as business coaching and uh, trying to learn how to market my business. Um, I've been in business now for 10 years, but um, you have been an integral part in me learning how to grow my business and setting systems in place uh, in regards to um, building and growing um, over the last 10 years. So um, would you give us a little more backstory as far as um, where you've come from, I was uh, an instructor at Shawnee State University, as uh, we alluded to there a moment ago, and uh, kind of got my my feet wet in some of the business stuff by running a lot of camps and doing some training on the side and private instruction, and decided somewhere along the way that I I just, I I wanted to own my own business, I wanted to be more in control of my own uh, destiny and, uh, you know, not necessarily work for somebody else, um, you know, really for the duration of my working life. And so I stepped away from that role and uh, kind of did a, a, an in-the-trenches or real-world education, if you would, uh, and, and did some training uh, ran all the training for all the gold gyms in the, the state of Kentucky for a bit. And then, uh, with a partner launched a, um, personal training business in a small town of about 23,000 people in central Kentucky and really did well. Took a lot of the lessons that I had learned both from coaching and from my kind of, uh, accelerated business education and built that business up to about 420 clients in the span of about 18 months, which, I mean, in that town, I don't know that there was a a training business that had as many as 20 clients 
when we opened up. So, uh, you know, small town, not exactly a, a fitness mecca by any means, and did well, and then opened a second location uh, with, with a health club as well, and, and and then started to do some coaching and consulting, just, you know, kind of the the way it goes, right? People see what you're doing, they see that you're uh, having some success, and they want to know if you can share what's working for you, so did some of that. Um, started to package it up and transition some of it to online offerings and, and, and that really snowballed, uh, you know, really kind of developed, uh, a, 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 I guess a good reputation and a bit of a following online by sharing what was working in our businesses and, you know, things just kind of, Snowballed from there, got more and more opportunities, started delivering more business coaching, um, creating different courses and programs, and really over the next uh, nine or so years, um, was able to build a uh, really substantial organization helping fitness professionals um build build their businesses with a variety of arms both in the trainer um I, I guess trainer education side of it, the business education side of it, um offering everything from equipment to certification to even two uh entrepreneur franchise five hundred franchises that were both uh the the highest ranked franchises in their respective categories. Uh, and then just recently I, uh, moved on from that, that company, uh, fitness consulting group and launched my own venture. And so sold my, my stake in, in that and really have, uh, decided that, you know, after the, the time that I was there that I really wanted to, um, build my own ideal business, which is completely centered around helping fitness entrepreneurs build their own ideal businesses, which isn't a huge, huge deviation from what we were doing for the past two years, but it is definitely more, more focused and, um, you know, allows me to, to do the things I really, really love to do. Um, and, and help, um, you know, people like the, you know, the listeners of this, um, build a business that they want doing the things they love to do. So, uh, I'm sure that's kind of a long-winded summary, but I mean, I guess cramming nine years of, you know, of stuff into a couple minutes, that's about the, the, uh, the cleanest I can make it. Right. I'm sure I'm, I'm, anyone listening to this that's looking to expand their business that has done a search online for information how to grow their personal training business or advance their career has stumbled across you uh, somehow or another just because of all the great content and information you've put out in the past. Um, I know from my own uh, perspective um, and a lot of other fitness professionals' perspective, uh, we're very passionate about fitness. 
um, getting ready to start our careers and excited about helping others reach their goals. However, we're so focused on the fitness aspect of it that we really don't know how to market ourselves or grow our business. We know how to train people. Um, I feel that a lot, a large part of the, I see a lot of businesses opening up and closing on a large part of that. It's not because of lack of passion for fitness, but lack of knowledge in regards to building their business. What three to five tips can you um, give a starting entrepreneur, fitness professional that's looking to grow a successful, profitable business? What's your business to look like? Um, you know, all too often people start a business and it's, you know, sometimes it's for the wrong reasons. It's just maybe because they don't like their job or sometimes it's, kind of haphazard and they know that they want to have a business, but they don't really have a, a clear vision for what they want it to be. So I think the first, the first thing is figuring out what you want your business to look like. Now, you know, I'll say that with a disclaimer that, I mean, you, you, you don't have any idea what it's going to look like 10 years down the road in all probability. I mean, I know that, if you'd have asked me 10 years ago, would I, would I ever have founded and been a CEO to, you know, two fitness franchises? I, I mean, I, it never even crossed my mind. But, you know, you, you have to have some sort of destination in mind if, if you want to create a map. And, you know, knowing who you want to train, knowing what kind of format that you want to train people in. So, you know, are, are you interested in working with fat loss clients, with performance training or athletes or something like that? Do you prefer large group type training? Do you prefer private or semi-private? Um, you know, getting clear about a lot of that really will help you make decisions moving forward. Um, because you're going to have no shortage of decisions to make, you know, where to market, who to try to market to, uh, what to sell, how to price things. I mean, the, the, the choices are, are endless. And if you have a vision for what you want your business to be, all your decisions become pretty clear. It either is moving you towards that destination or it's not. So I would say that's number one. Number two is you have to learn how to market and sell. And that's not, you know, that, that's not what I would consider most professionals who get in, get into this on the, the business owner side. That's not their, their passion or their area of expertise. But I mean, regardless of what people want to, tell you about needing to know operation systems and human resources and all this other stuff. If you don't have any clients, you don't have a business. So you have to get that right before you get the other things right. Now, all the other stuff's important, but it's sequential. You you have to be able to consistently uh, uh, acquire new prospects and turn them into paying clients. And then I guess the third thing would be 
you need to be able to create a predictable solution for your clients. And, and so solution, I'm kind of encompassing both the training that gets them the result they want and the experience that it entails. Um, you know, because the the experience goes beyond the training. The training is the mechanics of how you're going to get somebody the results, but the experience is everything else. So if you go to Starbucks, you know, the training is the equivalent of buying coffee. The experience is why a lot of people choose to buy coffee there and are willing to pay a premium for it. So, um, you know, and, and having a predictable way to deliver the solution means having a system or a, a collection of systems or maybe even a system is kind of a daunting word for people because, I, I mean, I see people be scared of that all the time because it's big. Um, I mean, think of it as checklists. I mean, that's basically all it is, is it's a checklist so that you're consistently bringing your best and anybody else who's going to work for you is going to consistently bring their best. And then the final thing I will, um, wrap up with on all this is, man, you got to pay yourself. And that means getting on top of your finances, separating your business and personal finances, but then making sure that you're paying yourself first because all too often fitness professionals and, and most small kind of self, uh, self-employed self businesses when they start, they always think, well, it'll be better later. I'll start to put money away later, whatever else. I don't care if you're putting away $50 a month you need to start paying yourself um, on top of just the salary to live or whatever else. I mean, you need to start putting some money away, putting money in investment, you know, investment fund or retirement fund, because over time you just, you know, you, you're going to miss out on really financially the big, biggest phenomenon there is compound interest. So you need to start putting some money away early that way. You know, the further you go into your business, the more freedom and flexibility you have to make sure that your business is a reflection of what you are passionate about. So, again, man, a lot of information there, but uh, hopefully that's helpful. No, yeah, that's great. I mean, a lot of that stuff I can relate to uh, so much because as a business owner, you're so focused on, you know, building your clientele and servicing them that a lot of times you end up neglecting yourself. You know, sometimes working 10 or 12 hours a day and not really a lot of um, people in our profession or that view our profession sometimes think we're running, doing things as a hobby. But in order to really be running a professional business and running a business, you have to have all of those other things involved in it in regards to building your retirement, having an exit plan, um, bringing in employees and things of that nature. Um, which is not the initial steps in regards to building your business, but is what you need to project towards uh, in the future. Um, also, um, yeah. would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think that we don't think like business owners and we don't think like entrepreneurial people. We think like trainers who are uh, just trying to collect the paycheck for doing what they love. Right, and, and almost running our business like a hobby, which no other business would run run their 
service like that. No, no. And also, um, a large part of uh, what you're known for is being a systems guy, introducing systems that help people grow their businesses. Um, what types of systems do we have to have in place in order to continue to grow and um, have a sustainable business? Well, I mean, if I'm putting these in um, kind of a, a sequential order by priority, the first one is, you know, you, you've got to have some sort of solution delivery system and, and so it goes back to what I just said. You got to have services and you got to have a way to deliver a consistent experience. So that means that if you want to be the best solution in, in your market for a particular type of client, you have to be able to deliver a predictable program that is going to get them the results that they want. So systems that you know, are, are, are going to drive that or things like, uh, an assessment or screening system, a program design system, a, a coaching system. And then from an experience standpoint, really that's, that's everything that, that a client is going to experience that complements the things that I just talked about. So, from the way that you answer the phone to the way that you clean the facility to, um, you know, making sure that the right atmosphere is created, the music that's played, the, the energy in the facility, um, to systems that create the right type of experience. So that would be, you know, that, that service delivery collection of systems or checklists would be number one. And then number two would be a, a, a set, you know, a sales system. So how do you convert any prospect that you get into a paying client? Very simple. You know, I mean, you've got to build some rapport with them, get to figure out what they want, what they need, and help them understand why you're the best solution. And then, Choose the right program for them. And then beyond that, the next one would be marketing or lead generation. So you've got to be able to get those prospects that you can sell. So kind of in sequence, the, you know, the, the service delivery systems, the, the sales system, the marketing system. So those would be my top three in order. And then after that, you know, you have to have um, systems for financial management. You know, you have to be able to bill your clients. You have to be able to pay your bills, pay yourself, pay, um, you know, in, any support staff that you have. Um, that You know, that's next in the list. And then um, after that, it, you know, it, it becomes more of an operational type of system where any help that you're going to bring on needs to be able to be, you know, as close a replica of you in your business as you can have. And in some cases, better than you, depending on the, the thing that they're going to do. I know that it wouldn't be real tough for me to hire somebody 
to do administrative or web web design tasks and be way better than me. But you know, having systems to um, to really operate beyond uh, just being a, a one person one person show. So. I mean, you can break it down into a variety of things beyond that, but, I mean, that's kind of the heart and soul of everything. Right. So um, similar to, like, Michael Gerber in his book um, where you you want to create, like, a McDonald's effect where if you go into a McDonald's here in my town opposed to, say, in your town, you're going to get the same experience um, each time you walk in the doors, is that what you mean in regards to building a business similar to to that, where the the client's experience is the same with, say, the owner or say a lead trainer? I mean, yes, it, it is. Uh, it, it is core. That is exactly it. Now, I used to use the the McDonald's analogy pretty frequently, and obviously, that's kind of one that that trainers don't connect with, right. but. I mean, think about any great business that provides a, an experience that, that people rave about. And it could be, you know, I mean, I'm a big fan of Disney, and that's a, an example I use a lot. Well, they have the same type of processes to deliver that consistent wow factor that a McDonald's has. That's how they can hire new people and continue to deliver the same type of world-class experience. Starbucks does the same thing. I mean, the, the premise here is that it's not a free-for-all, right? I mean, you if you go to Starbucks, it doesn't matter which barista is working, you should get a beverage that if you order it off the menu – it should be pretty much the same beverage every time, regardless of who is making it, because they've got a, a, a checklist to follow to make that, you know, that particular offer. And that's what you're trying to accomplish here is once you figure out a best way to do something, you want to do it that way every time. That's all this boils down to. I mean, everybody gets so caught up in, you know, systems being this overwhelming thing and I can't get them done and, you know, they think of this monster operations manual that's got a thousand pages or something. I don't care if you follow somebody around with your phone and video it and then post it on a website. You know, whatever is the best approach that you have to complete a particular task, document it, and then make sure everybody uses that approach. Or that if you're the only one doing that thing, that you're doing it that way every time. And you've got a system that is going to lead you to success. Right. I know with myself, I, a lot of the things I did within my business, I had in my own head. And my wife, who works with me in the business and handles all of our billing and things of that nature, um, kept getting on to me. She said, I, can't, I don't know what's in your head. Until you put it on paper and give me a workflow, I don't know what you want me to do. So I had to get things from out of my head and on paper in order for to have a staff member come in and do it. Would you say that a lot of fitness professionals kind of manage their businesses this way where a lot of the things they do come naturally or they are just things that they've done, but they don't have the processes in place to teach somebody else to do it? I'll say it's more than a lot. It's most. I mean, it's probably 90%. And, and I get it. I understand. I mean, I 
I probably get to be guilty of this in some regards myself. If I'm doing a sales call, you know, I've, I've got a checklist that I've typed out somewhere so somebody else could do it, but I don't review the checklist before every sales call. And I sold 116 franchises in one year. And that has to be some sort of disturbingly uh, tedious record. But, you know, I didn't review a checklist for every call. But at some point, it was kind of burned into my brain so that, you know, somebody else, I, I documented it, and then somebody else could do it. But, yeah, I mean, we, we all kind of fall into that trap because we do it so often it becomes, you know, a habit. But the thing that you have to protect against, even if you are a one-person operation, is if there's a best way to – I mean, let's use an example of something as simple as answering the phone. If there's a best way to answer the phone to make sure that the person on the other end of the line – gets the experience you want them to have to build the best first impression of your business, then you need to do it every time, not just the times when it's convenient. And if you can eventually just do it out of habit, great. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people, depending on how busy they are or what mood they're in or what's transpired that day or what they have coming up, they may answer the phone and engage that caller in a completely different way. So that's what we're trying to avoid is having variants depending on circumstance. We want the same, you know, we want a, a client who comes in to lose body fat to have the same kind of process that they go through. Now, they may not get the exact same program depending on what your you know, what, what your approach to programming is, but you wouldn't take one person through an assessment, but then not the next person. Or, you know, if you feel like, um, you know, taking somebody through some mobility work early in a session is important, then you're probably going to do that with everybody. You're not just going to do, you know, one out of every four clients. So, you know, we're just trying to be, consistent and I think that's applicable whether or not you're you know whether you're a one person operation or a 100 person operation now obviously the bigger you are the more critical it is but even in a one person operation you want to save yourself time you want to make every minute that you have as valuable as you can make it so you can work you know six, seven, eight hours a day instead of 14 or 15. So that's why we have to approach things in, in this fashion. Yep, that's great advice. Now, uh, just switching gears a little bit, do you have any advice for a fitness professional that is looking to establish their credibility or just change their mindset and what their view is as a professional? Man, that's a that's a good question, but it's uh, it's certainly broad, right? So I'm going to give you my interpretation of that. And if it's not exactly what you're looking for, let me know, and I can try to fill in the blanks. But so as far as establishing credibility, the first the first thing that I think you have to do is deserve credibility. I think you have to be good at what you do, and in age of 
internet experts, you know, there, there are so many people who put on a good front, but then when you, you get face to face with them, they're all sizzle, no stick. Well, you need to be good at your craft. So that's number one. Number two is you need to do as much as you can to become more of a specialist. You need to be known for something to a particular audience of people. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to get so narrow that you only work with, you know, busy housewives who have two kids under the age of 10, but you could be known as a transformation specialist or a fat loss specialist or a fat loss specialist for women or a performance coach or, you know, a uh, youth performance coach or you could work with baseball players. You know, it's easier to establish yourself as an expert to a particular target market than it is to gain traction as a generalist to everybody. And what's nice is it makes everything else you do, if we're, if, if we're talking about transitioning this uh, establishing credibility into actually being successful as a professional or as a business owner, it makes it so much easier. I mean, I'll, I'll use my case as a, a very simple example in obviously kind of a peripheral market. So what I do as far as teaching sound business principles, helping people build their ideal business, I mean, this is applicable to really any smaller entrepreneurial business. Any business, you know, probably under $5 million a year would could, could utilize the, the strategies and tactics that I teach. But by specializing in working with fitness entrepreneurs, I can much more easily target my audience. I can craft my message to be very specific to them and to their needs. And so they see me as a specialist for them instead of all the other business coaching solutions that are out there that are not specific to our particular industry. And that allows me to probably be a uh, more exclusive type offering. It allows me to focus my marketing efforts. It allows fitness professionals to say, man, that guy's for me, not just, you know, trying to adapt some general philosophy to their particular needs and their business. So, I mean, that's how it works. And I think if you can adopt that approach and embrace it and build your business around it, you can really gain traction much, much more quickly. You can probably offer your services at higher prices. It'll make marketing much, much easier. And frankly, if you do it right, you're probably going to have a lot more fun working with your client base because you've really kind of honed it down and said, look, I'm, I'm going to work with the people who I really, really enjoy working with and who I can help the most. So that's, 
the approach that I would take. Do you find that finding that ideal client kind of comes naturally sometimes when you find that you really enjoy working with a specific clientele? Like for me, myself, I enjoy working with senior clientele. And I find that because I enjoy working with them so much, their experience is, is good. And so they refer their friends. It's kind of a natural progression. Would you say that's kind of what takes place when you narrow your niche down like that? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's exactly what takes place. I think that, um, you know, if you've got any significant client base at all, and I'm talking like more than 10 clients, you can you can pretty quickly say, these are the, the two or three that I just can't wait till they show up. I'm looking forward to training them. And it doesn't have to be necessarily like a, entirely like a demographic thing, like, you know, men or women, particular age group, particular household income. It doesn't have to be that. I mean, there just may be, you know, personality traits that you like. There may be particular goals people are trying to achieve that you like helping to, to move people towards. Um, yeah, I mean, we all have that. We all have people that we enjoy serving most. I know from my perspective, there was a time that, that I tried to serve all personal trainers and, you know, health club trainers selling more training in the club and everything else. And I figured out very quickly that, no, I, I like working with fitness entrepreneurs. I like people who have, have kind of had some of that same experience that I've had where said, man, I want to control my own destiny. I don't want to work for somebody else. And, so those were the people I gravitated to. So I shaped my business that way. You've done that with seniors. Eric Cressy has done that with baseball players. You know, Mike Robertson has, has kind of moved towards working with, uh, you know, with athletes and, and people who want to look, feel, and move like an athlete. I mean, that's that's where you're going to be happiest. And a lot of times it's kind of right in front of us that we're scared to do it because we feel like, we're we're cutting off these opportunities, but I mean the truth of the matter is you're a lot better off going all in and trying to own one market than dipping your toe into six different markets and never really developing a, a position as a market leader. Right, because you can't be all things to all people. No, no. All right, well. Um, here's my final question for you. Um, what's next uh, for Mr. Pat Rigsby, and how can um, my audience connect with you? So what's next for me, you know, I kind of led into it at the beginning of, of the, the interview was that I am really going all in on helping fitness entrepreneurs build their ideal business. And what I mean by that is, you know, working with the clients that you want to work with, delivering your service in the format you want to, but also getting the type of outcome you want and deserve from your business, earning the type of income, setting yourself up for long-term financial success, having a lifestyle that being a business owner should provide you instead of feeling like you're kind of owned by your business. Um, I'm... I am all in on that and I've got some, some goals to, you know, to, to really help 
about 10,000 fitness entrepreneurs accomplish that over the next several years. And, you know, it, it's, it's already been fun and I've only really begun this, you know, next leg of the journey. And uh, as far as connecting with me and uh, hopefully either getting on the path to building your ideal business or uh, maybe accelerating that, that move on that path, patrigsby.com. And, uh, yeah, go there. And, you know, I'm going to be delivering plenty of free information that you can use. And then obviously I've got, you know, a, a variety of, uh, programs and resources that, I, that I'll be sharing over time that I think that if you simply apply just the, the free information I deliver on the blog and the newsletter and some of the free tools I provide, you're going to have a leg up on your competition. So uh, that's the easiest way to connect with me. Well, there you go, guys. It's patrigsby.com for more information to connect with Pat. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you got a lot out of this show. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Fit Pro Business Podcast with your host, Andy Salazar. Don't forget to visit fitprobusiness.com to receive your free business building video series.